Hey everyone, this is the Mr. Mike Agostino, and the views expressed on this show are mine and mine alone. I do not have any affiliation with Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent Sport Lisboa Benfica. I do not represent any Casas do Benfica, any supporters group, any other type of organization officially um, established within um, Sport Lisboa Benfica. These views are completely mine. They are 100% unsanctioned and 100% independent. Enjoy the show. Nation, welcome to episode 9 of Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr., your host, Mike Agustinho, and we're here for another week. It is not Friday night anymore. A um, little bit different this week. It is bright and early Saturday morning here in central Massachusetts, here in the United States, in the northeast corner of the United States. It's raining out, but it's finally warm. The grass is finally turning green. Uh, I couldn't put this podcast together last night, unfortunately, like I normally do, to have it out, uh, released, and distributed by this time on a Saturday morning. But I'm doing it now. I'm ready to go. I I, I got some sleep overnight. This is it was a great week for Benfica. Uh, I can't wait to get this show going. Um, just absolutely fantastic week. What a, what a difference a week makes, eh? Uh... Benfica just uh, took off in the last seven days. Um, yeah, we were a little bit of a little bit of uh, good luck as well. But um, making the most of that luck is also very important, and that's part of a championship run and competing for titles. You have to take advantage of luck when it knocks at your door, and Benfica certainly did that in these past two matches. Can't wait to dive right in and get into it. Um, how about those Portistas? I'm going to say this quickly, in case those of you heard my rant last week. Uh, can you believe Can you believe these people? Can you believe them talking about referees now all of a sudden? A week ago, <laughs> a week ago, Brahimi trips over the paint on the field and gets a penalty kick for it. He trips over the paint that makes the penalty area, slips on it, gets a penalty kick. And they're going to come talk about our game and us getting help from the referee. I think it's laughable. I think it's embarrassing. I think uh, both of our rivals, I, I said what I think of them last week, and they both showed this week that it, it is true. They're petty. They, um, they're much more focused on us than, than they are on their own team. Uh, those of you that 
watched Porto play Liverpool in the Champions League this week. First of all, I'm sorry you uh, put yourself through that. Um, <laughs> but you heard the chants, right? Uh, at the same time, I'm being lectured by my Portista fans, my Portista friends, I should say, my friends that are Portistas, that believe that we should all be supporting Porto in the Champions League because they're Portuguese. Well, Puerto are not Portuguese. They have two players, Danilo and Pep. And if Fernando Andrade goes in, he's Portuguese. That is not a Portuguese team. Okay? So, no, they don't have my support in the Champions League. I could care less about the ranking of the Portuguese League in UEFA. This Portuguese League that we talk about week after week after week on this show, you think I'm rooting for that league? I root for Benfica and only Benfica when it comes to, to, to Portuguese teams in Europe. And maybe the smaller teams. If a Braga, a Vitória Guimarães, a Morenes gets into the Europa League, yes, I will support them. I will not support Football Club do Frutabal Club do Porto. I will not support Zabarding. Okay? They're not gonna get my support. Don't don't come over here with this let's get behind the Portuguese team, okay? First of all, that so called Portuguese team, Puerto, the one singing Kaina Salta Lampião in Anfield, how pathetic are you? How pathetic are your group of fans that you go to Liverpool, you're playing against one of the Historic clubs in Europe. Your team is in the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League. And you're chanting about us. How much bigger than you are we when you are always on our mind? You didn't hear nothing about Tripeiros on Thursday. There were no chants. Kainal Salta Tripeiro. Thursday was about Benfica and Eintracht. It was not about Frutabal Club do Porto. Frutabal Club do Corrupção. Okay? Francisco Marques. Fernando Madureira, Pinto da Costa. Your names were nowhere near that match Thursday. We scored four goals against Eintracht, all by Portuguese players. Not by Marega, not by Herrera, not by Chiquinho Suarez. Chiquinho Suarez. Not by him, not by Alex Telles. Not by any of those guys. Oliver Torres. No. No, Puerto. We're not rooting for you. We're not rooting for you, Puerto. You are not our brothers. You are not a team we were going to support. You're not our friends in a sporting sense. Okay? No, we're not rooting for you. The only reason I wouldn't mind Porto advancing is so that they continue to play extra matches too. But it... They're done. They're done and dusted. They're buried. Okay. <laughs> Liverpool will go on to the, the the semifinals. If Porto come back in the second leg and, and book a trip to the semifinals, guess what? I'm not watching. <laughs> I don't... I'm taking the approach of the Scots, the, the Celtic and the Rangers supporters. One Celtic supporter said to me once, okay, I confess, I went to a Celtic versus Sporting game here in Boston years ago at Fenway Park because there was soccer at Fenway Park. It was historic. Chatting up with one of the Celtic fans upon leaving the park, okay? We're walking down, Lan those of you that are familiar with Boston, we're walking down Lansdowne, right by uh, by Jillian's and by the House of Blues, okay? Right as you come out of the stadium. And he asked me if I was a Sporting, you know, he asked me about Sporting, and I explained it, I'm not a, a Sporting supporter, I, I'm a Befica supporter, and he s said to me that I must be mad to go watch my rivals play, and I said, well, I was here to watch... 
watch the uh, watch the match and to see the spectacle of, of of you know football in a baseball park. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, mate, I wouldn't be caught dead at a Rangers match, no matter where they played. And that resonated <laughs> with me, especially the way that the treatment and the the nonsense that our rivals have been up to in the past number of years, ever since we've become relevant again. Yeah, you know what? I won't be caught dead at a Sporting or a Porto match or talking about them. Uh, not talking about them, but watching their match um, because that's still indirectly supporting them. So you know what? I'm not knocking anybody who watches them to root for Liverpool. Cool. Um, but you know what? I don't care if Porto are in the Champions League final. My eyes are not on it. So uh, they they don't exist to me unless they're playing Benfica. Uh, or it's, you know, a game directly having something to do with Benfica. But, uh, you know, Baquero said something this week on his Twitter and uh, made me think a little bit. Baquero is one of the hosts of uh, Benfica FM. And he said, you know, that our, our attitude, and I'm guilty of this, as you those of you that listen to this show have heard me, um, this attitude of thinking Porto have already won their, at the time, seven games, now six remaining games, hurts our team. It puts unneeded pressure on our team. And I have said that on the record here, that I, I considering Porto to have all the wins, and it's up to us to win the rest. And I think he makes a good point. I am, I'm not the only one saying that, obviously, if it's reaching him uh, all the way over there in Portugal. And I think he makes a really good point. So I, su- I suppose that, you know, I'm going to refrain from saying that. I don't want to put unneeded pressure on our team, obviously. Um, hard to believe, however, that these referees in this league are going to let Porto slip at this stage. Um, but going to hold it, hold out hope until the end. I believe in this Benfica team. I think we can pick up six wins. Okay. One game at a time. One final at a time, like I said. This week, Vitoria Stubal, Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States, 12 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. in Portugal. Biggest game of the year. I said that about last week. It went the way it needed to. We'll get into what the, the happenings of the match, but it went the way it needed to. Um, very good result for for Benfica, and now we got Stubal on Saturday, on Sunday, excuse me, and three more points is the only possible outcome that we can accept. Obviously, playing at home, playing another team that is fighting off relegation, fighting for their lives, it's not going to be easy. Even at home, got to get the early goal. Uh, Thursday showed the difference when we get an early goal. Okay, um, so that's really. That is uh, where we stand right now, and um, also anyone who follows my Twitter, that's at Bayfica Mister on Twitter. That's my my Twitter, the show Twitter. Uh, so I tweeted out a picture this week, and I know if you listen to uh, the Bayfica podcast, you heard Cristiano telling Dave to get all of his uh, wrestling and WWE stuff off of off of his Twitter feed, as some of you may know. Last week was WrestleMania, and uh, Yes, I watched as well. Um, I confess to being a big WWE, or I should say wrestling fan, not always a WWE fan, but wrestling in general. It's uh, 
along with Benfica, it's been the one constant in my life. Uh, you know, the one thing I've, I've followed since, since I was a kid. Just like Benfica, it's a connection I made with my grandfather as a small kid. And uh, still follow the product today, off and on. But for sure, watching Tuesday night's Smackdown in Brooklyn. Uh, wouldn't you know it right against the hard camera? Uh, Carmella and R-Truth are in the ring. And don't you, I tweeted out the photo, wouldn't you know it, a big Benfica flag right in like the third row comes up. On the, on the slim chance that that fan is listening to this show down there, hit me up, bro. <laughs> at Twitter, at Benfica Mister, or Instagram, at Mr. Benfica. Hit me on, on Facebook if you want, search Mr. Benfica. Uh, let me know who you are, man. That that was awesome. Uh, you don't see Porto flags at SmackDown or at WrestleMania. You don't see Sporting flags at big events. There's only one team in Portugal that is a big club, okay? Because it transcends. It transcends just the Portuguese league. The connection of those of us living abroad to Portugal, the strongest connection we have is Befica. More so than any food, any music, any other cultural aspect. Befica is the connection that connects all of us. Some, you know, I'm first generation in the United States, but some of you out there are third, fourth perhaps in the United States, Canada, uh, France, Germany, wherever you live, if you don't live in Portugal. Befica is that connection. And you see it. And that's why we are so hated by our rivals. They're so jealous of how big we are. We need to remember that. We need to continue to be big. Great turnout Thursday night in the Europa League. After all of the criticism about Benfica fans and team not taking the Europa League seriously, not not supporting uh, the the team in the competition, it was a great turnout Thursday night. 54,000, okay? Um... I know tickets got marked way down. So be it. So be it. There's nothing wrong with getting a cheaper ticket once in a while. Okay? The fact of the matter is the stands were filled. Okay? Sure, it was not a sellout, but that's pretty damn close on a weeknight, on a Thursday night. Okay? And a lot of those fan, a lot of that also was traveling German fans who made themselves heard, and I had respect for them until... I saw a video on Twitter of them chanting um, that other club's name across uh, the Skunzerklad. But I got news for you guys. That's uh, your first mistake, Eintracht. Okay? Don't align yourselves with them. <laughs> they are small. They are not contenders. They're a team that plays for small competitions, secondary competitions. Um, I suppose much like yourselves, because uh, I don't remember the last time that Eintracht won the Bundesliga either. So maybe they're a perfect match, Eintracht and Sporting fans. But anyway, let's get into the news, alright? Stay right there, we're going to pay a bill, and then we're going to have Reconquista, followed by the news. This is Mr. Benfica. Passo a passo, o caminho é duro Temos muita história, mas ainda mais futuro Conto com dificuldade em cada 
A jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se Do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa sorte O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz And in the news of this week, João Félix voted UEFA's Europa League Player of the Week this week after a hat-trick on Thursday night against Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, also joining João Félix on the Team of the Week was Ruben Dias and Jetson Fernandes. Very good performance by all of those guys. And how about Jetson, man? How about Jetson? Often forgotten, this kid is still so young, got so much potential, so much upside. Really, really played well Thursday night. Um, this He's playing in the middle. He's even playing wide when needed. He's really, really molding into a very good, um, solid, pl versatile player under Bruno Leij. Um And he's he's been patient. I mean, he's been left out sometimes at times when I thought he should have been included. But he's uh, he's just putting his head down, going to work, doing his thing. Keeps getting better, and I wouldn't I would not um, sleep on this guy. This guy he's this, there's a lot of future in Jets and Fernandes. Um, there's you know he's already a Portuguese international at at his young age. He was called into Fernandes Santos team earlier this season in the Euro, uh, UEFA Nations League, I believe, for one of those matches back in the fall. He's really shown himself to be very solid. Ruben Dias, another great performance uh, in the back line and a, a goal against against Eintracht on uh, Thursday night. And uh, very nice header. He's very solid center back. I know he's he's getting sometimes he gets a less of a of a good rap than. Than Fehu does as a center back, but he, he's a different kind of center back. All right, just because they're both center backs, they're not the same, the same player, and uh, you can't. The comparison isn't really a fair comparison because they they have different qualities. They bring different things to the team, and you need a Ruben Dias, a physical player like him, uh, an athletic player. He's fast. He's strong. He jumps high. He's good in the air. 
and he can he's still very good at passing out of the back. So uh, very happy to to see that this week, that UEFA and their voters on UEFA.com recognizing Benfica's players. Um, but yeah, Jean Felix is the player of the week this week, and who else could it have been after that hat trick? Uh, and my man Jean, you're making it hard, brother. You're making it hard for us to keep you like this. You keep scoring hat-tricks with, on that stage, it's going to be very hard to keep you. Uh, hopefully, we can you know, raise that, that, that buyout clause on that contract because the, this kid is, is a real special talent. And Like Bruno Lage said, we can't start to judge him you know, after one or two bad games the way some people are. He's very young, lots still to learn, but... He reminds us every couple games how good he really is. I think we forget he's a teenager um, just because he goes a few games without scoring. Even last last Sunday against Fadens, he was he missed some chances. You know, he didn't get on the score sheet, but, man, his work rate was, was phenomenal last Sunday. He, he worked hard. He got a lot done and um, created a lot of space for other players with his runs. And this is a player I don't want to see leave just yet, obviously. It's going to be so hard to keep him, but we got to find a way. <laughs> we got to find a way, and we got to raise that exit clause so that if he's sold, it's for an amount of money that can, that can you know, put three or four, so, you know, comparable players on the field. This, this kid's special. Uh, I think this kid has a future that is, uh, not to put undue pressure on him, but he has a future that is just... Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit for João Felix. Congratulations. Great week. Um, Cahilu is set to move on a permanent deal to, to Saudi Arabia, and it sounds like not just his current club, Al-Hilal, uh, where Jorge Jesus was, early, was his coach earlier this season, but now uh, Rui Vitoria's club, and I apologize, but I didn't write it down, and I frankly... Don't really care the name of his club in Saudi Arabia, but his club is also in the hunt to land the Peruvian international Andre Cajilu, still a property of Benfica. So that move, that's set to bring some money in as well this offseason uh, with a sale of that player. Remember, we got him on a free from Sporting. He literally walked out on Sporting, was cast aside by them once he signed a a contract with Benfica six months before the end of his contract expired at Alvalish. And, uh, hey, his, his one championship is with us, so so enjoy that, Sportingistisch. <laughs> Remember that. Um, lastly, this week's uh, news, I'm going to just say I took the time last week. I watched the Clásico in basketball. Befica losing to Porto in basketball last last uh, Saturday, I believe it was. Perhaps it was Sunday. Um, and now Befica falls. And they are in second place behind Oliveirense at the moment. But Porto is, is closing that gap for between second and third. Which means it's very likely that this could turn out to be a semifinal matchup in the playoffs this season. Uh, for those of you that don't follow, yes, Portugal has a basketball league. Yes, all the teams are the same. It's Benfica, it's Porto. Oliveiras is also a big time, uh, a big time player in basketball, as is Vitória Guimarães in the past. Alvarense, a few other 
clubs that are that are strong basketball teams in Portugal. Um, just a quick recap: the final was eighty-four to seventy-nine. Benfica led most of the game up into the fourth quarter, um, and Benfica looked better now that Carlos Lisboa has been reestablished and brought back in as the team's head coach. Um, and like I said, I watched this match. Benfica were, were playing, matching them shot for shot, uh, very much in the European style. Very uh, heavy reliance on the three three point shot. Um, Benfica's guards were were shooting a lot, but the shots stopped dropping in the fourth quarter. Porto got back into it, and they they took a lead late that they did not relinquish. Um, the stars of the game, at least from the Benfica side, a pair of Americans. Um, Micah Downs had 22 points, 13 uh, rebounds, and 4 assists, while Mikel Gladness, 22 points, also 9 rebounds and 3 assists. Um, and Carlos Lisboa's comment at the end of the match, the coach said, Acabamos por deixar fugir o pássaro que tínhamos na mão. Literal translation, uh, they had the birdie in the hand and they let it fly out of, they had the game in their hands and they let it slip, essentially. Um, Porto, I'll, I'll give you their stats, not that I think anyone cares, but just for fair coverage. Porto's top players, so Sasa Borno, Boronozjak, <laughs> Serbian player, I believe, 19 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, and American William Sheehy had 22 points, 1 rebound, 4 assists. Um, the game was iced late by Antonio Montero's free throws, and Porto... Uh, Porto, like I said, pulled in, and it says within one point of second place. I honestly have no idea how they calculate points in basketball. The basketball, there's no such thing as a tie, so beats me how you get points. Is a point a win? I don't know. Uh, here in the United States, we use win percentage in basketball to determine um, to determine the standings. They use a point system in Porto, in Portugal that I honestly don't understand, or do I really care, because at the end of the season, it comes down to the playoffs and it's best of best of five series in the playoffs, um, which should be starting in the the next month or so. Um, so I will obviously I will continue to follow Befica here. I've always enjoyed Befica basketball, and um, I'll keep you posted as we go forward on on the successes or failures of Befica basket. Okay, that's the news for this week. We're gonna listen to uh, a little bit of the post game presser from. Bruno Lage this past uh, Sunday, a week ago, after the match with Ferenc, and I'll be on the other side as we start to break it down. Olha, vamos mesmo começar por aí e falar um bocadinho daquilo que também que são as carências. Eu, eu agora como pai tenho essa tenho essa funcionalidade. Eu vou contar aqui dois ou três episódios que aconteceram recentemente para tentar ligar a sua a sua pergunta. Um, eu ano passado, como vocês sabem, estava <coughs> com o adjunto Carlos Carvalhal, no Suance, estávamos numa situação um, semelhante à que o Feirense está, está a viver. Um, último jogo, a precisar de, de, de vencer o jogo por, por muitos gols, quatro ou cinco gols, mas uma situação muito difícil e praticamente com a descida, um, com a descida de visão. E este hábito de, de ir ver a relva, de, de, de perceber a atmosfera do, do jogo. Há um menino que está logo ali à porta do túnel com, com um cartaz e a dizer 
para onde cá estarei a continuar a apoiar. E aquilo, aquilo de como de tal maneira, porque pronto, a equipa estava a descer e o, e o, e o menino de 5, 6, 7 anos é que dava a, a, a dar esse exemplo. Para onde cá estarei a apoiar? E eu peguei no cartaz e fui ver o cartaz ao balneário e, e dei o cartaz aos jogadores para eles assinarem e para, para o menino. Isto para ligar o quê? Porque a seguir à conferência de ontem, onde, onde há uma forma, falei diretamente para os nossos adeptos. É, agora não foi um menino, mas foi uma, mas foi uma menina, que é, é a Diana, e ela deu-me este desenho. E com o mesmo significado. Mister, cá estaremos para vos apoiar. E isto é que é fundamental. É, as crianças, se as crianças já perceberam a mensagem, eu acho que os adultos também vão perceber. Este é o Benfica. Apoio. Este é o Benfica, o único Benfica dos nossos adeptos. E a chover, esta vitória é para eles. E, e este o nosso, o, o nosso Benfica e o apoio que esta equipa merece. E no que falta, já não é jogo a jogo, é final na final. E eu acredito que com este apoio da parte dos nossos adeptos, nós vamos fazer para a vida e vamos disputar o jogo como disputamos hoje, de final em final. And that's brutalized right there with some words uh, post-match against uh, Ferenc last uh, Sunday. Um, as you heard him tell a story there about last season when he was at Swansea working under Carlos Carvalhal, a fan with a, I'll translate for you if you didn't understand, a fan had a, a little boy, had a sign saying, as for those of you that don't know, last year he said, his side, Swansea, were in the same predicament that Ferenc finds themselves in this year. Last game of the season. They're going into the final match. They needed to win by four or five goals just to have a chance to avoid relegation. It obviously did not happen. Um, Swansea were relegated last last spring. But the sign from the little boy, about five years old, he said, said, next year, no matter what, I will be here to support you. I will, you know, I'll be here to support my team. And he said he got... He was taking his normal pregame walk that he takes to this day where he walks the field, he gets a, a feel for the atmosphere in the stadium. And he saw that, and he said he went over to the boy, he got the sign, and he took it into the locker room, had the entire Swansea team sign it and brought it back out to him. And he said that, that really touched him emotionally. And even as a parent, even more now, now that he's a parent, he said that uh, the, the, the honesty and the loyalty of that child, um, no matter what, he, standing by his team, uh, and he said that pro in the pregame press conference on Saturday, I believe it was, it could have been Friday uh, of last week, he said a little girl now around the same age drew a picture for him. And it was a, you know, said, Mister, we'll always support you, is what she said. And he was touched by that loyalty and that, that care, that carinho from a young child. And he says it's an example for adults on how you support your club. And it shows that just this is Benfica is what he said. We are Benfica. This is Benfica. These games, he's got full confidence in his team. He's got belief. And he knows that with the, with the fans behind him, this team can do it. And it, maybe the lasting legacy Bruno Lage leaves on this, this club, okay, no matter what happens, we supporters 
have stated, and I think will continue to, to state, that Bruno Lage gave us our club back. At a time where everything was so hands-off on Benfica, even six months ago. You couldn't get near the team. You couldn't get near the players. Okay, It was like we were out here, and they were in there, and there was this glass between us. Bruno Lage broke that down. He reunited the the fans in the in the squad, okay, the players, and he he is such a a bridge, if you will, between the two. And man, there's no team in the world I'd rather support. I mean, there's something different about us, something unique, something special about this club. I love this club, and this is why, okay. I don't think any club in the world has this kind of connection. When when things are good at Benfica, there's no one in the world that can compare this connection between the fans wherever we are in the world, okay? Wherever we are in the world, the connection we have to this club, it's like we're right there. When I watch this team play on Goal TV every week in Spanish, I forget I'm even watching it in Spanish. I forget I'm in the United States of America and they're in Portugal. I live and breathe Benfica. And it's like I'm in that stadium every single time. 100% there with them. And I know all of the fans are in the same boat when it comes to this. This is why... Our support is so strong. This is why Benfica are part of events like the International Champions Cup. Because we support them. Because we show up. Okay. We get more fans in the United States to see a friendly for Benfica than our neighbors get for a cup semifinal in their own stadium against us. That attendance in that cup semifinal was embarrassing. We're going to put more people in Gillette Stadium. That dump that is Gillette Stadium is going to have more Benfiquistas in it than that club that I'm not even going to name could get in their own stadium for a cup semifinal against us, supposedly their biggest rival, the club that they're obsessed with, the club that they talk about 24-7. This is what it is to be a Benfiquista. This is how big we are, how above our rivals we are in these terms, in the terms of bigness, in terms of greatness. Okay? 36-time champion. 36. Think any Sporting Ishta alive is going to live to see 36 for their team? Doubtful. Alright, I digress. Let's get into the match now here. We're, uh, we're pulling up the Foot Mob app. And uh, I'll read the lineups. Starting with Ferenc. In goal, number 22 was Caillou. He was the goalie. Okay. Uh, across the back, the right back was Edson Pariba. The center back pairing, Antonio Briseño and Bruno Nascimento. And the left back was Vitor Bruno. In the midfield, uh, double holding mid, Ali Gazal. And the Cabo Verde international, Babanku. Okay. Uh, the three attacking mids. Down the right, goal scorer, Fabio Sturgeon. Uh, in the middle was Thiago Silva, and Machado was the left mid with João Silva up playing as the lone striker. Benfica would line up in a, their usual 4-4-2. Odi in goal, right back Andre Almeida, center back pairing Ruben Dias and Ferro. Left back was Alex Grimaldo. 
All right, so here's where we had some changes in the midfield. A couple of surprises. I said last week who I thought was going to play. I was wrong. Uh, I stood corrected, and I think Brunelage got it right. For whatever reason, he went with this team, and, and you can't complain with, with, with his selections. The right mid was PZ as usual. Andreas Samadis returning to the lineup. Um, he was not a starter in the cup game a few days earlier, but he returned for this league game to play in the double pivot with Florentino Luiz returning to the starting lineup after uh, a couple matches of, of not even making the 18 on the game day roster. He came in over Jetson, uh, a little bit surprising to me, but I, I think I got somewhat of an idea why why uh, Bruno Lage went with that um, after watching. And then the surprise of the match uh, the left mid in for Rafa. I had said last week I thought it was going to be Zivkovic. I was completely wrong. Adel Tarapt, the Moroccan. And how about this <laughs> this story, okay? Uh, Adel Tarapt gets a start. Puts in 81 minutes. Solid performance from Tarapt. Um, and the pairing up front to start is the usual Seferovic and João Felix. We're going to get right into the match now. And... Befica came into this game on a loss. They had just lost a few days earlier in the cup semifinals. Second leg, 1-0 away to Sporting on a goal from Bruno Fernandes. Um, Ferenc has not won since since August, I believe. They came in with having lost four of the last five with a draw mixed in there. Um, we'll go to the ticker and do the minute-by-minute minute for this one. As Benfica were put under some pressure here. I said last week this wasn't going to be easy. We had a team playing for their lives. A team that could that showed they're reasonably good on the counterattack. Very good at crossing the ball. And um, in Benfica started, started well. They, they missed a few chances early. But in the first opportunity, Fedez is the one to get on the board early. A cross from, let's see, from Edson. Edson... Sends a long cross diagonal. Uh, again, Odie against with these crosses. I think the team's are starting to find his weakness because this thing goes right across his his uh, small box, his area, and I think he could have done better. But Fabio Sturgeon, uh, former Bolognese player, uh, player I, I've always liked actually. I remember him back with with uh, some of those pretty good Bolognese teams. Uh, he gets a, his head on the end of it, and he puts that ball where there's no chance for Odie to save it. I think Odie needed to play the cross better. He did not, and Sturgeon scores, and uh, right away, I could hear the celebrations <laughs> by our rivals. Um, the one that's in this race with us, and the one that just roots again, the one that roots for the team that's in the race against us. Uh, you could hear, you could feel it. And Befica were, were shell-shocked early. Nine minutes in, and Fedez, the last-place team, has got the lead. Uh, Benfica really struggled for a bit after that. Hard getting Had a hard time getting back into this match. Uh, a lot of nervousness. Again, the, the pressure and the continued help that Porto is getting, Puerto is getting in this league is starting to show in uh, on these players. And uh, they're just making mistakes that, that they don't they weren't making three, four weeks ago. Um, 
Tarapt has a good chance in the 30th minute. However, uh, it was it was squandered. But the game would go on. Um, Ferenc would start to use some stalling tactics. You'd have Vitor Bruno was down with an injury in the 32nd for a bit. Pizzi had a right-footed shot from outside the box, saved in the center of the goal on in the 34th minute. Um, Tarapt sailed one way over in the 34th. He had two good opportunities there. Um, but then, let's get to the polemica because this is this is what uh, so much of the talking point was. After the uh, Pizzi gets a ball from, I believe it was from João Felix. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think João Felix sent him that ball in the air. Could have been Grimaldo. I'd, my memory is uh, not the best right now, being a week out from this match. However, uh, PZ goes in, in the air, brings the ball down, and then it appeared to be a touch, okay? PZ goes down, referee waves play on, and uh, Benfica are visibly, you know, in disagreement with this. The fans are in disagreement with it. Um, and this made me skip the previous polemica that could have had the game at 2-0. So why don't I rewind to that, okay? There was, uh, just earlier, a play, and the minute that it happened escapes me, but it was a free kick, um, the free kick for... For Ferenc, the ball was played in, and Vlakodimir once again shows that this is a ball that he does not do well with, okay? Ball was played in, and I'm going to bring this up on my screen so I can talk you through it. Bear with me for just one moment, everyone. Okay, so I have the video up here on my screen, so I'm going to walk you through it. So here we have a free kick. And I believe it was Edson taking it. Um, Benfica line up with the wall. Or no wall, I should say. They, they're marking in the box. A one-man wall is all that Benfica have here. It is a direct kick. Some fans had said that they thought perhaps the goal was called back because it was an indirect kick that was never touched by anyone. That is not the case. It was a direct free kick. Uh, the ball is played in. And as I watch it go into the goal, it, no one touches it. That's, that's one thing. However... Um, Again, go back to the Porto game and what I said constitutes a, uh, an offside. Now, Sport TV has the angle up, okay? Again, what I have said is there needs to be very, very clear rules in this age of the VAR as to what constitutes an offside. Is it the furthest part of the player's body? whatever's furthest forward, is it his head, is it his torso, is it his foot, is it his arm, his hand, there's differing opinions, I've spoken to referees and I don't get a concise answer, okay, some say the arm doesn't count, others say it counts, the guys on, on Goal TV calling this match said that el brazo no cuenta, the, the arm does not count, um, very, very, hard to but as I freeze the frame right here even though this is a lousy angle okay I can see a blue sleeve in an offside position if in fact that sleeve that arm counts as putting him offside it's not it's there's no question okay again 
we run back to the big problem with VAR. These stadiums in these tiny places are not equipped for this. Okay? The camera is not at a good angle to see if there's an offside. The camera is even with the ball when it needs to be even with the last man. Okay? With the line, with the Benfica player. There's no question here, by the way that this, this image uh, was frozen, that there is a blue arm in an offside position, whether or not that counts, okay? There's also no question that this player is part of the play. He's in front of Odie, okay? No excuse for Odie to not save this ball. I'm not saying that, okay? This is a play that now everybody's trying week after week. These these half-cross, half-shots that he really has a lot of trouble with. Ever And this has been an increasing issue ever since the the Bulanish Sad game, the Code City match, when they put one in on him. This has continued to, to become an issue, and he continues to be beaten um, from these kinds of plays. Very good shot stopper, but this, this particular type of play causes him a lot of trouble. I'm going to play it through now as I watch this, okay? The ball is played in, and he tries to head it. The offside player tries to head the ball. He misses it. He's playing the game at that point. He is in an offside position playing it. For me, that goal is well called back in consistency with the way things have been called this season. If your arm does not make you offside, then clearly state that that does not count. Okay? And to say that this game, this ball wasn't even reviewed, this uh, the referee had his hand on his ear, okay? Yeah, maybe he should have looked at it. But, again, because of the bad camera angle, it was in, there was no conclusive, there was nothing conclusive to overturn the call made on the field. That's the way the rules are written. Maybe, not maybe, they're definitely not the best written rules. But the way the rules are written, that ball can, that goal cannot be called back, okay? From my understanding, and I've, ex I have exercised my voice and my frustration with what can and can't be reviewed in this league, okay, or their interpretation in this league of what can and can't be viewed uh, on the VAR. Referee calls it off uh, offside. I laugh. I laugh when a friend of mine who is a portista, okay, tweets out a picture from, of all places, Ujogu. You might as well have, have, have put, taken it right off Portus, Portus uh, official website. That is Portus propaganda arm, Ujogu. Okay, tweets it out. And of course, that thing was photoshopped. I, I started laughing right away. All of a sudden, that blue arm was red. There, <laughs> there's, a, there's a red arm in, instead of a blue one all of a sudden. Okay, and it shows no offside, right? The re yeah, calling you. Okay, buddy. <laughs> and secondly, the, the, the camera angle is even worse than the one they showed on TV. It's behind the ball. It's not even online with the ball. It's even further back from the ball. So, yeah, you can't see anything. So one, one view shows the ball, shows the camera angle from the ball. With All of a sudden, that blue arm is now red on that Photoshopped image. Whereas <laughs> the other image shows nothing because the angle is so poorly. Okay, so now we're going to move forward to the penalty kick. And... As I watch it, okay, this here was the play that Trapp sailed over. 
bear with me for just another moment and the video will show the the penalty kick that was then dubiously called here it is so number 66 here goes in foot is up okay again context is king okay portistas have no right to make a comment on this they have gotten so many gifts so many this is a play that without VAR is not a penalty kick. I agree. Okay, in the age before VAR, this is not a penalty kick. However, however, if Militons is a, is a penalty kick in Braga, if Brahimi is a penalty kick against Bovista, there is no way this cannot be called a penalty kick. Okay? There is absolutely no way because the video clearly shows there is a touch, okay? There is clearly a touch on PZ's foot, okay? Don't give me that it's soft. There's nothing in the rules about the amount of force that has to be used. If this play is in the middle, in the center circle, it's a foul every single time. Because it's in the penalty kick, the rules do not change because it's in the penalty box. I cannot stand, one pet peeve I have is these people that think that there's different rules in the penalty box than there is in the center circle, for example. No. A foul is a foul. First minute, last minute, 0-0, zero, zero, 100 to nothing, center circle, penalty box. A foul is a foul, okay? Once you go to VAR, okay, once you go to the VAR, if there's a touch, it's a foul, the amount of force is irrelevant. Irrelevant. Okay? Irrelevant. And unlike Militon, PZ does not stick his leg out in an unnatural position to draw contact. PZ is playing the ball. He gets to the ball first. The Fadens player, number 66, who I'm going to pull up his name right now so that I get this right. I believe it was Brisenio, but let me see here. It was Ali Ghazal, excuse me. Number 66, Ali Ghazal puts his foot, first of all, his foot is high. Okay, he's showing his studs. Is it soft? Of course it's soft. He tried not to make contact. He knows he's in the box. The fact of the matter is there's contact on PZ's foot. It prevents him from playing the ball. The amount, how soft or delicate it is, is irrelevant. Okay? I know in, in Britain they, they, they don't agree with this, but the rules do not have specifications for the amount of force. To my understanding, if I am wrong, feel free to correct me. At Befica Mister on Twitter, at Mr. Befica on Instagram, Mike Agustino, M-I-K-E, space A-G-O-S-T-I-N-G. Wow, I can't spell my name. H-E-O-S-T-I-N-H-O <laughs> on Facebook, okay? Correct me. That's fine. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I will be the first to come here and admit it. However, inconsistency of what's been called a penalty kick in this league this season, there's no way after reviewing it you can't give this penalty kick. This very referee, the penalty kick he called at Bessa in favor of Sporting against Bovista, okay? Again, there was a touch. The amount of force was irrelevant. 
Yes, I came on this show and criticized it. But if you're going to call that, you have to call this. Penalty kick well, well awarded. I'm sorry, there is no... The amount of force, again, is re irrelevant. PZ converts the penalty kick. It's one nothing, And at this point, I was feeling uh, confident we were going to turn this around. I felt a, an alleviate, as, as uh, I said last week, that the commentator used that word, and that was the best word in alleviate, uh, a relief um, at this point. And before the half would end, uh, on another play, we'd get a corner kick, okay? And Andreas Samadis would come up with a huge header. He, would, he was at the far post, and he would head it back in towards goal, where it found its way to Andrea Almeida, who buried it. The right back, Andrea Almeida, the captain, scores. Benfica goes into the halftime, into the into the, the locker room at halftime, up 2-1. Okay? And we're getting back to the Benfica that I know and love. The one that, you know, Bruno Lage gets them re, refocused, re-energized at halftime. Does some adjustments. And they come out in the second half the way that I, you know, Loved seeing since he's taken over. We get a goal in the 48th minute. This was a little bit of luck, but also a lot of skill. Okay, a bad clearance from from uh, a bad clearance from Fadens. All right, the goalkeeper's coming out. The the defender heads it anyway. Soft header and Seferovic with 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 an amazing amount of class. Okay, on his preferred left foot. We we beat him up last week about missing a sitter against Sporting on his right foot. Well, when this thing came down on his preferred left foot, just sublime amount of finesse to just hit this ball out of the air, just hard enough to lob it over the goalkeeper and the defender and have it drop in nice and easy into the goal, 3-1, to one, and the Benficistas and Santa Maria, the Feta, are on their feet. And at this point, um, three points seem to be a certainty. As Ferres are now unraveling, they're coming undone. They're they're having a hard time deal dealing with the penalty call and their goal being annulled. Okay, in the first half, quite a bit of bad luck for Ferres, I do admit. But ironically, this is the first time they complain about referees all season. <laughs> they had they. This isn't the first dubious uh, refereeing performance they've seen all season. Uh, a certain other team they played who may be in a title race with us right now, also benefited from some very dubious refereeing against them. Funny, they had nothing to say about it then, and now they got something to say. We'll fast forward through the second half here, as Benfica got control now, complete control. Um, in the 57th minute, Babanku is is shown the yellow card on a bad foul. He, uh, he fouled Peasy. Benfica continues to control the game, to dominate. Tarap looking very good. Uh, he starts to, to wear out a little bit, but he, for a guy who has not played a lot of football in the last four years, um, he's a little awkward looking, not, not, uh, you know, the, the smoothest looking when he runs, when he plays the ball, but his foot skill is fantastic. You can see the ability. You can see the jinga in his in his step when he has the ball. He's a, at least right now a very good safe passer of the ball. He's uh, using his his uh, skills, and he is right now playing at a very good level for a guy who's missed as much time as he has. Um, 
Yeah, it's a little bit of a feel-good story, but it's out of necessity at the same time as players continue to drop and we continue to have fewer options. They'll say something about the Zivkoviches and the Krovinoviches of the world uh, and where they are in this team as this guy's basically come off the street and and walked into this team. Don't get me wrong, he's earned it. He's absolutely earned it. He's worked his tail off uh, all season. Uh, Krovinovich, on the other hand, also... I believe has asked to play in the B team to keep his rhythm. Quick side note, B team with a win yesterday, 2-1 to one, uh, against Oliveirens. They're up to third place now in the second division in the Ledman Pro Liga. Uh, goals were from Chris Willock and from Nunu Santuj, I believe. Okay, another good win for the B team. So for those that said that, you know, the B team started to struggle after Bruno Lage came up. Well, the B team's playing well again. <laughs> They're playing well again under Renato Paiva, and these young kids are showing us there's more on the farm to come up in the the coming seasons. Chris Willock, I hope, gets an opportunity next preseason to get into this this first team. Uh, I've really liked what I've seen from him. I digress. Back to the Ferenc game, okay? In the 71st minute of substitution, Marcus Suarez comes in for Ferenc, replaces Fabio Sturgeon, um... Two minutes later, Jonas is on replacing João Felix. Felix put in a good effort. Uh, had a little bit of a frustrating game from a, a efficiency standpoint, but very good work rate from the kid and opened up a lot of space for his teammates. Very good overall performance, in my opinion. Um, not everyone's going to agree with me. 76th minute, another substitution for Ferenc. Lawrence Ofori replaces Babanku. The Cabo Verde International comes off. Um, 80th minute, Franco Cervi comes in. Abel Tarapt sits down after a, uh, a good effort from Tarapt, a good applause from the fans. Um, the fans have welcomed him back, I have to say. And at this stage, there's no time to hold grudges for things that happened years ago. It, we got six games left. If he comes in and he helps us win this title... I could care less what happened in the past three and a half years. Maybe I'm wrong with that opinion, but that's my opinion right now. Um, can't hold grudges, and with the new coach, new beginning, here's a guy who took full advantage of that. Also in the 80th minute, Ferenc with the substitution. Edinho comes in, replacing Luis Machado. Um, an attempt saved as Jonas's left foot from the left foot effort from the right side of the box was saved in the center of the goal. Okay, he was played in by. Hadi Seferovic, um, Andre Almeida winning a free kick in the 82nd, nothing came of that, however, we get an attempt blocked in the 85th minute, Bruno Nascimento Ferenc has a right-footed shot from outside the box that was blocked, in the 86th, Jetson comes in, a guy, like I said, I thought was going to start this match, I think, uh, he did not start because I think Bruno Lage Left himself some options on the bench, I think was what he was going for. So, if Jetson starts this match alongside Samadish, okay, and you need to make an offensive-minded substitution, Florentino would not be that guy, okay, to make that change at that time in the match. I think Bruno Lage held him out with this game being on the road, knowing it could be close and knowing he may need to make an attacking-minded substitution in the second half. I believe that Bruno Lage held him out and saved him for that situation. situation didn't present itself, so he brought him in at the end to to get PZ off the field. So Jetson comes in for PZ in the 86th. 
He plays with, with Florentino at the 6 and Samadish at the 8. Samadish, before he came to Befica, was an 8. Okay, It was Jorge Jesus that converted him into the into a 6. Okay, He converted into a holding mid under Jorge Jesus. Um, so he's just back in a position he used to play in this one. Um, this was the aposta. This was the, the role of the dice, the bet that Bruno Lage went with. He went with Florentino as... Uh, as the holding mid and Samadhi playing as an eight, and it paid off. Um, but he still he got Jetson in here late, and Jetson got a few minutes on. And in the 88th, a header from Seferovic finds its way into the back of the goal. Another cross from Grimaldo, who has quite a few assists now this season on these crosses to Seferovic. He gets a good header. He puts that ball where the goalie has no chance. Four to one game set match. Check mate. Um, Befica with four, with three points. Let's roll to the stats, okay, as we look over this one. Um, we'll do the stats first. Uh, possession, 42% for Fedez to 58% for Befica. Total shots, 6 for Fedez to 18 for Befica. Befica, 398 accurate passes for a succession rate of 82%, while Fedez... 266 passes for a 77% success rate. Fedez had 14 fouls to Benfica's 11, 3 corners to Benfica's 5, 2 offside calls for Fedez, while 6 for Benfica. Okay, we'll get into the player ratings now as I bring up the lineup again. The player ratings for Benfica, starting with Odisej Vlakodimish, Odi in goal. A 5.8 on foot mob for him. Not his best match as he was beaten twice. One, he was bailed out with on the offside call. Um, across the back, Andre Almeida with a 7.8. Ruben Dias, 7.5. Fehu with a solid 8.2. Alex Grimaldo also with an 8.2. The midfielders here, the starting midfielders, 8.5 for Pizzi. 7.9 for Samaris. A 6.9, 6.9 for Florentino. Abel Tarapt also with a, or Adele, I should say, Tarapt, also with a 6.9. Up front, Jean Felix with a 6.2. And the man of the match is Haris Seferovic, 8.8. Okay, he was the man of the match. And the standings after this one, and for now, until Porto plays in a couple hours. Benfica sit top, 69 points, level with Porto, but ahead on head-to-head. -head. And I want to make a mention here because somebody needs to contact Gold TV. Uh, they continue to state that Benfica are ahead on the goal difference. They are ahead on goal difference, but goal difference is not the first tiebreaker. Goal difference will not play a role in this year's championship, at least for first and second, because unless a three-way tie somehow happens between now and the end, because Benfica won both games against Porto, they have the head-to-head, -head. they will stay ahead of Porto all season in a tie, in the event of a tie, as I said, uh, it's like a half, an extra half point having won both games, Benfica on 69, Porto on 69, Benfica ahead on head-to-head, -head. in third place, Sporting, 61 points, Braga's fourth with 58, they seem to be pretty uh, secure, they've secured their place in Europe. Um, right now, the fifth place spot is also a Europa League position with the final of the Portuguese Cup being de already decided with two teams already qualifying. So Morenes is holding that spot right now with a three-point lead. They're on 48 points, three ahead of Vitória Guimarães. Code City right behind them. 
uh, five points back with 40. Santa Clara on 36 and 8th. Huav, Portimonense in 9th and 10th, respectively, both on 32. And now we get to the real race, in the uh, or the other real race, I should say. Not that we don't have a race at the top of the table, but um, a real free-for-all at the bottom in spots 17 through 11. So in 11th, you got Vitoria Stubel, our opponents this week, uh, with 31 points. Sportiv de Zavs, Maritimu, 12th and 13th with 30 points. Boavista, 14th with 29. Okay, They are only two points ahead out of the drop zone. Uh, and Tondela, out of the drop zone for the first time in a long time. They are 15th with 28 points in the drop zone. That leaves Nacional in 16th with 27 Shavj with 25 after their draw last night. Um, leaves them still in 17th. Three points from safety. Um, or I should say three points from the line. Um, 25 points. And Ferenc, our opponents last week, all but certainly relegated at this point. 15 points. Um, 13 back of Tondela right now. With six matches to play. A possible 18 points still there for Ferenc. But hard to believe that they can make that up. Um, mathematics is not in their in their corner right now. Fedez seems certain for the drop. So that is where it stands right now. The top goal scorers in the league, as we have it right now, will be. And I'm going to bring that up for you. Seferovic is top of the league right now in goals. 18 goals and no penalty kicks in the event of a tie. Bruno Fernandes, three back with 15. Plenty of penalty kicks. <laughs> Diego Soso and Baz Dost right behind him with 14. Baz Dost also with about five penalty kicks. Uh, Chiquinho Suarez from Porto is, is behind him with 13. João Felix, Rafa, and Jonas, the three Benficistas, right behind him with 10 each. Tomane from Tondelo with 10. And Brian Rochez of Nacional also with 10. Top assists in the league, it's our Pizzi with 14. Bruno Fernandes right behind him with 10. Alex Grimaldo with 8. Andre Almeida with 8. Ticatito Corona with 8. Chiquinho, perhaps future uh, Benfica player again, but right now with Morirense, 7. Diego Souza has 6, as does Otavio. And Alex Tells and Antonio Chavier with 5 each. And that's a wrap on week What's that, 28 of the Liga Nage season? Benfica will play tomorrow, Sunday, April 14th, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. or 20 o'clock uh, <laughs> Portuguese time against Vitoria Stubal, okay, at the Stadio de Luz. Expect a full house, expect a great crowd, expecting three points, okay? All right, we're going to roll another ad for you because it's expensive and we got bills to pay, of course. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Europa League uh, quarterfinal, leg one, Thursday night, okay? Uh, a historic night for Benfica, especially for one João Felix. On the other side of this ad, you'll get the uh, what it sounded like on the world feed in English uh, for everyone watching around the world in English what it sounded like. Sit right tight. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu. Twitter at Benfica Mr. And on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. One word.
Stay right there, and I will be right back. Stenfica who get us underway, and surely the onus is on them to make it happen tonight. Samaris. Facer. Joao Felix. Oh, rolls in a perfect pass for Jensen Fernandez. Penalty. And what colour is the card going to be? Shove in the back. And a red card for Evan and Dika. First glance, it looked clear cut. Wonderfully weighted pass. It's clumsy. And Jensen pushed over. And no attempt. 19 years of age, up against Kevin Trapp. No goal in Europe for the young superstar. And there is the finish. Caught in possession there as Jovic was able to make the run inside. So calmly done. Joao Felix to let fly and score a sensational goal. Benfica back in front, and it's the teenager again. What a present! The audacity just to let fly and hit it with such force. You can argue that Trap could do better. But that was moving. He got across, he couldn't keep it out. And Fernandez for Joao Felix again. And Jack Frankfurt all over the place at the moment. Side to play it short and then whipped in by Kostic. Vlakonimos complains and the flag is up. They took it short. Kostic then whipped it. sounded like around the world in English. That was the world feed, courtesy of Bleacher Report Live um, on YouTube. That was what they put out. Um, great audio. Uh, 
Very good crowd, like I said, for this match. 54,000 on a weeknight is nothing to is nothing to be ashamed of. I know that uh, the other pods out there, um, especially in Portuguese language ones, have been a little critical of Befica fans and their lack of interest in this competition. And I'm certainly guilty of, of that. Uh, if you've heard me for the last eight weeks now, um, saying what I thought about this competition, but that's again, that's contextually. I don't. I'm bringing you the perspective of the coach, okay? And if I'm on that sideline, if I'm on that bench, that Rui Vitoria sits on this, this, I'm being honest as what I think this tournament is worth at this stage, given what we have. But with that said, Bruno, you can't, you cannot um, criticize Bruno Lage. For not going forward in this one. There were some changes. There had to be. We're playing every three days. Okay. Our opponents are not. There had to be some changes. Okay. Not to mention other players need to keep fit. Need to keep uh, their rhythm up. So I don't have a problem with anyone in this starting lineup. Especially given the result obviously. But even if it hadn't worked out. Again I'm going to stick to to my my stance on this one. Um, But at the end of the day the fans did show up. 54,000, like I said, got into the Stadio de Luz on a Thursday night to see this uh, Europa League quarterfinal. Yes, uh, we're going to be criticized by some who say we're the only team at this stage not filling our stadium. And I counter that by saying we're the only team at this stage fighting tooth and nail for a championship as well. Listen, people are not made of money. Befica fans are not made of money, okay? Uh, it's not easy to go to games on weeknights, and you can only go to so many matches if, if you know, if you have limited means. So I'm not going to criticize anybody who, who can't get to a match on a on a Thursday night. Okay, that's just where I stand. Um, given what the average you know income in Portugal is, and what the I know the prices were were heavily reduced, and that's why so many people got into this match late because the prices were reduced. I heard there were some going as as low as four euros, uh, just to get people in there. And hats off to the club for making that adjustment and for not just standing firm on ex- incredibly expensive tickets and having empty seats. So we'll get into the match. Um, Befica two four to two winners on the night. Uh, take a two goal lead with. To Germany, however, these two away goals do have me concerned, given how the last two-legged tie we played in the Tassos Portugal worked out. Um, those away goals came back to haunt us. So again, we cannot go to Germany next Thursday and leave a, a an egg, lay an egg, if you will, and have a big fat zero in the score column for us. We can't go there and try to only lose one nothing. I don't think anybody believes Bruno Lage is going to go there and play to lose one nothing. Okay, the match will be managed, obviously, as it goes on and as the the circumstances dictate. You know, the match will be managed accordingly. But there's no way this team's going in there with the mentality of playing to lose one nothing or to even to play for a tie. They're going there to win the round and to close out the round and book their trip to the semifinals and another. You know, a certain at least in my opinion, certain rematch with uh, Chelsea, a rematch of the final, what was it, 2014, I think it was, maybe it was 13, uh, where we were beaten in the Europa League final in the dying seconds by Ivanovic uh, against Chelsea. And um, 
Well, we're 90 minutes away from that, so we have to uh, we have to believe in this team at this point. So let's get into the lineups. Uh, Odie back in goal, okay. Uh, the across the back, Sebastian Kosia gets his gets a start. He is, I think, this is his third start in the Europa League. At right back, Ruben Dias and Jardel are the pairing at center back. I have no problem with Jardel playing in the Europa League, keeping his rhythm, um, keeping his and getting his fitness back up. Um, I don't want to see Fehu taken out of the league. I want to see Diaz and Fehu in the league. I'm totally fine with Jardel playing these matches here. Grimaldo's the left back. Um, to st he starts in at left back. Good performance from him again. Jetson with a, with a rare start on the right. Jetson playing on the right side of midfield. Place normally occupied by PZ. Andreas Samadish was the starter along with Fasia, which was a... a a pairing you don't really see too often. And as much as both of those guys are fantastic, um, they just don't complement each other. They're, uh, you know, Samadis again playing as an eight. Maybe it was to get him more, uh, another run as an eight. And to maybe this is where Lige is going with Samadis for the rest of the season to play him more as an eight. And he used this game as an opportunity to give him a, another run in, to give him a few more reps in that position. Fasia had a tough game, according to FootMob, uh, rating him at a 4.8. He was the lowest-rated player on the field. Um, but again, he's missed so much time, and it, it's um, only fair to keep that in mind. Uh, Franco Cervi starts on the left in a, a place that was, again, no Zivkovic. Uh, a place I thought we could have seen Zivkovic, but, but the mister goes with Cervi. That's fine. Up front, Rafa gets a start as a forward along with João Felix. This was a pairing that many <laughs> didn't want to see, I think, because it didn't really work out the last time they tried. However, uh, in this one, it worked much better. Okay, I'm going to run down the starters for, for Eintracht Frankfurt. Okay, Kevin Trapp was the goalkeeper. Rough night for, for him. Uh, Ivan Nindika was the left back. Marcoto Hasibi. And Martin Hinterreger, the center backs, David Abraham, the left back. The midfield, Philippe Kostic on the left. The Swiss international, Jelson Fernandes, not to be confused with our Jelson Fernandes. Jelson actually, first cousins of former Benfica player Manel Fernandes, both of Cape Verdean uh, ancestry. Jel uh, Manel Fernandes raised in Portugal, Jel his cousin Jelson raised in Switzerland. Um, he he gets the start. He's a former Manchester City player, if you remember. Swiss international teammate of Seferovic. Uh, Sebastian Rode is also the other center mid um, with Danny Da Costa playing wide on the right. Up front, the Croatian Anti Rebic partners with the Serbian Luka Jovic uh, on loan from none other than Benfica. And of course he was going to score in this game. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I would have, I would have bet, you know, I would have bet plenty if I had, you know, the funds to squander or to risk. I would have uh, gone on FootMob and bet, bet some money on Jovic to score this in this game. It was, it was always going to happen. Fortunately, Benfica better on the night and got plenty more in the goal. So hopefully that goal does not come back to haunt us. Let's go through the minute by minute, okay? I did get a chance to see the majority of this game. Um, 
Benfica looked strong. This was this was what we were hoping to see. Uh, fourth minute though, Jovic, our player on loan to them, in the book, uh, for trying to stop a counterattack near the halfway line. He uh, he brought down the Benfica player and saw a yellow card real quickly. All right, nineteenth minute, you heard the call there. João Felix making a a great pass to Jetson, placed the ball in right onto his stride. And Jetson is brought down by Nadinka. Okay, no, ch he two-handed shoves him. He knows that Jetson's in behind. He's going in on goal. He brings him down. And in the twentieth minute, Eintracht are dealt a red card, and they're gonna play with ten for the rest of the game. Fortunate break for Benfica, and it is the kid João Felix stepping up. There's no Pizzi, no no Jonas, no Seferovic. None of the normal penalty takers are there. So the kid steps up. Coolly, calmly, kept his shot low. He gave Trap no chance, and he played it to his left with his. He took a right-footed shot to his left, the goalkeeper's right, puts it in. Benfica are on the board first, and this is the Benfica I love to see. An early goal really, really gets this team playing at their best. Um, when they they hit a comfort zone, when it's one nil, they they really feel the confidence and the openness to go for the second one. They do. However, uh, Eintracht don't go away. Uh, they, 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 they pick up their game as well. And in the 40th minute, none other than Luka Jovic with the goal in the 40th. He levels the matter. Uh, a perfect counterattack from the visitors. Rebic won the ball back in midfield. He piled down the wing and out of nowhere... Um, the home defense was split, our defense, and allowed Jovic to offer an angle before opening up his body to fire home. Vlakodimish, uh, helpless on this one. Uh, so, an, a nice assist for Rebic and a great goal for Jovic. 1-1. However, before the half, Benfica again, like they did on Sunday against Fedez. Benfica take the lead back right before going into the locker room. Felix again, and you heard the call there. Coming in from the left, on his right foot, buries an absolute rocket. Uh, Trap gets his hands on it. Um, but it looked like, it looked from the video, and I'm going to play it again here. If you just give me a moment, it looked from the video like Rebic was diving with his fists on this one. I'm going to look at it again and see if I see that correctly or not. Um, but it looked like he dove with his fists, and, excuse that for a second, and you may or may not hear my three-year-old in the background, <laughs> he's woken up, it's 8.49 a.m. now, uh, I tried to get this done before my wife and my son woke up, but it did not happen, they are awake and I can hear my son upstairs babbling, which is pretty awesome. But I can hear him through the through the ceiling, so you may or may not hear him. But João Felix brings it in, rifles it, and let's see how Trap goes for it. No, he goes open palm. Trap dives with his palms open. I thought on the first look he dove with his fists, but it was with his palm open. Just couldn't reach it. He got his fingertips to it, but the shot had too much power. And uh, the fists I saw were were his were the reaction.
reaction to the impact of the ball hitting him. Um, the ball goes into the goal right before half. But if he had another chance in the 44th to make it uh, 3-1, and in the 45th, in the 45th, Eintracht get what looked to be like another goal. However, the referee's flag was up for offside. You heard that there too in the audio highlights there. The free kick came in, and yeah, they got three guys offside right in front of Odie. And Odie couldn't keep it out. However, it was uh, offside. But if you could go into the break ahead 2-1, to one, they come out of the second half, okay? 2-1, to one, and again, again, people... What I like to see from this Benfica is when games go this way. Right before the half, right after the half. Bruno Lage does it again. Okay, Benfica come out early, early, early. 50th minute, Ruben Dias scores. It's off a corner kick taken by, I believe it was taken by Grimaldo. Let me take another look. It is Grimaldo taking, taking the corner kick. João Felix flicks it to the far post. Ruben Dias, unmarked, dives and gets his head on the ball. Puts it into the back of the goal. And Benfica now have a 3-1 to lead. And uh, the crowd is on its feet. And there is belief now that this team can see its way into the semifinals of this competition. Um, in the 52nd, Benfica attacking again. And Grimaldo again with the cross. And João Felix again just two minutes later piles it on. This one you really... The, the manager really is going to have a lot to say about Trap. Trap beaten between his legs. An absolutely abysmal night for the goalkeeper, Kevin Trap. Um, João Felix finds his way into the box, gets on a good angle. He's unmarked, opens his hips inside of the foot, right between Kevin Trap's legs, right between the wickets, 4-1. to one. And Befica really should have seen this result out, unfortunately. Um, in the 68th, Seferovic on a breakaway. Nice save on this one by Trap. Seferovic with the left foot. Trap gets a leg on it. Makes the hockey save, like the kick save. Um, 71st minute, a corner kick for Eintracht. And, of course, it was Paciencia, Gonzalo Paciencia, the, the son of Domingos Paciencia, older brother of, uh, of a Befica Academy player there. He... Buries the ball with his head. Nice header. Puts it in the far post. Odie's got no chance. I'm not going to fault him on this one. However, the marking could have been better. Jardel is beaten in the air. And uh, it's 4-2. to two, And, again, I'm going to go back to those Portistas who 24 hours earlier, or 48 hours before this, said we should all be supporting Porto as Portuguese. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys were all cheering for Paciencia as he scored this goal against Benfica. Don't give me this... We're all Portuguese garbage nonsense, okay? Club and country are two completely different things, okay? I don't see nationalities when I see European football, okay? I see the crest on the chest, the Befica. Either it's a Befica eagle or it's not, okay? I don't see nationalities. Point, uh, blank, and simple, okay? Plain and simple. Um, And I think that's a little bit of a damper, that goal. The Befica would see the result out. They'd win 4-2 to two, um, and now take a two-goal lead to Germany to play Eintracht um, with that lead. A 2 nothing loss will will eliminate us, so this, this, this tie is anything but result. 
Um, everything to play for in the second leg, in my opinion. Yes, we have an advantage, but it's like having an advantage at halftime. It's 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 a minimal advantage, okay? We have just one goal to spare. So we need to go in there, get a result, get some goals, um, and find our way to the semifinal. This, but like I said, this isn't over. This is a good Eintracht team, and... I know that they're going to come out on all cylinders next Thursday. They, their season will be on the line. This is what they're playing for. This is a team that really wants to lift this trophy. So, Benfica have a tall order. I believe there will be a ton of support for Benfica in Frankfurt. Um, plenty of Portuguese immigrants in, in France, Switzerland, um, and Germany, obviously, where the game is being played. I think Benfica, when they play in this part of Europe, are always well-supported. I have no reason to believe that won't be the case again. Um, but a very feverous, very uh, devout uh, Frankfurt crowd will no doubt be behind their team and try to push them ahead in this tie. be an interesting matchup. Um, we'll see what happens Thursday, but... Benfica have a responsibility now to see this one out. Okay, they have a responsibility to see this one out. Very disappointed, though, in the two goals. Surrendered, especially against 10 men um, at home. The one place I really need to see this team improve is defensively. We're not getting enough clean sheets, in my opinion. Yeah, it's great to play attacking football. It's great to play pretty football. It's great to score 100 goals. But when I'm the coach, when I'm the mister, my first priority, and it's not always popular, it's not always pretty, but it's the clean sheet. If you don't surrender, you're going to be a, a much better team than a team that tries to win 4-3 to three every every match. Um, that said, we don't have the squad, obviously, to go to to Frankfurt and play for a nil-nil, which was proven at Alvalade last week. Let that let us learn from that loss. Okay, make that loss not be in vain. Let's take a lesson from it. Take it to Germany. These players need to go in with the attitude that they're going to come away with goals. They go and get a goal, two goals. I think they see this one out fairly easily. I think you can kill the spirit of. Even though Germans are known for fighting to the end, I think you can kill uh, their spirits and at least the mathematical probability of them turn, you know, uh, turning this one around if you get the first goal. You can really kill that belief. Um, you, can, you can quiet their crowd. You can build up yours. So I think Befica have every responsibility now. I'm not letting them off the hook. If they don't see this one out... Um, it'll be because they didn't do their job. It won't be for any other reason. So Benfica have full responsibility to go to Germany and see this one out, independently of what happens in the league. They got a two-goal lead. Okay, they have no excuses at this point. Okay, um, there's nothing to save. They have to be able, as professionals, whoever the Mister puts on the field in this match has the quality to see this one out. There's no excuse at this point. So I expect to see Benfica in the semifinals against Chelsea, like I said. And that could be a very good, very good tie. Um, Benfica will have a chance to really test themselves against a very high-quality opponent. Not that this isn't a high-quality opponent, but in even another level, um, playing against the likes of Eden Hazard and... Uh, Uh, and Gonzalo Higuain, I believe he's in the team. Uh, I believe he's registered for the Europa League. 
Willian. Um, you know, David Luiz obviously going to play against him again. Be a good, good uh, opportunity for Benfica to really make a mark in Europe if they can get by this team and then really make a push to knock Chelsea out of the Europa League. You can really make some headlines around the world that way. And that's really all I got this week, guys. Um, I'm thinking in the future, not this season, but next season, that when there are two matches in a week, I think there's going to be two podcasts because uh, it's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to cover um, in one podcast, and I don't want to keep having two-hour episodes. I know people's time is precious, and uh, that's something I'm thinking about for next season. But for the rest of this season, we will keep this format going. Any questions, concerns, feedback is always welcomed. Hit me on Twitter at Benfica Mister. You can hit me with a DM or just tweet me. Or on Instagram also at Mr. Benfica. Um, on Facebook, like I said, just search Mr. Benfica. Any of those platforms are acceptable. You can hit me up uh, with an email, with a direct message, an inbox, whatever you want to use. Um, uh, thank you to everyone who has given me feedback in the past. Sorry this episode is a little bit late, but I hope you like it. Um, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Uh, big game tomorrow. Enjoy the match, and we will see you back here next week, all right? Força Benfica, carrega Benfica, dam u 37. Ciao.